Great principles. Mike Petroselli. Mike Petroselli told us he made this all up. He said, man, that's a good shit. That's his paper copy book with his name on it. He said, rich, rich lad, poor lad. Rich said, lad, what? poor lad. He has his picture. What is up, guys? This is Mike, and you are listening to yet another episode of the Record High Podcast. If you guys don't know, or if this is your first time listening, Nathan, Taylor, and I have a goal day in, day out to positively impact everyone that we come in contact with. We hope to use this platform to reach even more people, to help each and every one of you listening reach new levels in your life, or as we like to call them, record highs. Not just in your business, but in your personal lives, your relationships, even just your day-to-day conversations. As always, I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy what we have to say today. This is probably going to be the highlight of your day, to be honest. Let's be honest. The only problem we have is that we need your help. If this episode teaches you a lesson, even just provides a reminder, brings you some motivation, or even just brings a smile to your face because we're so incredibly funny, please please, please tell a friend or a family member who you think might benefit. One thing I've noticed about myself and a lot of successful people around me is the ability to find life lessons in everything, even something as simple as watching a movie. If you guys listen to one of our past episodes about the Apollo 13, we explain a very valuable life lesson in something as simple as a short movie scene. But there's way easier ways, like reading a book. We all know how valuable that can be. When I was younger, still in high school, I asked someone who I looked up to how he got to be so rich. I looked him in the face and I said, how'd you get to be so rich? It was really funny. He uh, walked into his office as he was laughing. I followed. He grabbed a book off the shelf. He handed it to me. He said, here's a start for you. Read this book. The title said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I absolutely hated reading and was very naive back then, so I found zero value from the book he handed me. I was hoping for a million dollar answer. We all know that doesn't exist. Fast forward 10 years and reading has been a staple in my growth. The bottom line here is that there's always a lesson to be learned in every situation, but books lay it down on the line in an easy to read format. Whether or not you've read this book, today we're going to discuss ways that we translate Robert's advice into our daily habits. Enjoy the episode. Over. Restart. So happy. (laughs) All right. We'll try it again. We are back. All right. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, yeah, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're excited. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, but the topic today is awesome. Before we get to that, I just want to bring something up. Um, oh I might gosh. have been accused by a few people in this room that I'm not relatable. Unrelatable. So, oh, uh, I'm unrelatable. Yeah. Um, so everybody that's listening here, feel free to message uh, who the most relatable person on the podcast is. Um, it would be interesting to see what you guys think, yeah, whether it's Mike well, Taylor or Nathan. Well, we we don't know who who it's going to be between Mike and Nathan. We we just know that option number three. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not going to be option number three, right? <laughs> like that's your given words, right? Like that's like on the you know Will of Fortune when they give you a couple letters and one pops up, yeah. so you like that's the given word. It's not Taylor. Taylor's very unrelatable, right? Well, Twitter. Unless you're like a machine. Right, like yeah. if you're a machine, right? This is you news can... to me. Very, very much news to me. We'll, well see I'm, if the I'm uh, sure, podcast sure. nation agrees. Uh, it's hard to dispute that. So, so we'll make it. a Twitter account for the podcast. Yeah, and then we can just throw up a poll right away, and everyone can answer it. Yeah, That's yeah. A great idea. That's either well, gonna be very exciting for me or very depressing. No, no, I, I can help you here. <laughs> it's not gonna be you. Right? <laughs> so it's okay. Don't worry. I've been unrelatable in my part of my life. No, we all Mike. Mike's the relatable person. I, I am the relatable. Mike, it's, it's Mike's the relatable person. It's hard to compete with so, Mike. But, but I'm, I'm more relatable than you. Well, let's see what the uh, the listeners yeah. think. 
No, no. We, Comment below. No, we, me and <laughs> no, no, me and Mike already talked about it. Like we feel really confident in this answer. Right, so, anyways, yeah, so bad. I actually enjoy, I enjoy meeting two times in a week. It's great. I love it. I wish. Oh we yeah. More, we would do it more often, but the uh, current format we have, I think, is going to work out. I think it's working great. Um, t- so yesterday, I think we had uh, a little bit more to talk about. I don't know. I think you guys might find more to talk about in today's episode than I will. Um, we are actually going to be talking about a book that uh, I had somebody give to me to read. Uh, one of my mentors actually gave, gave it to me to read. Um, I just started it. I'm only about a quarter of the way through it. So I know you guys love this book and you know a ton about oh, it. Yeah. So I, I, I know whoever's listening is going to learn a lot. Um, but the book is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Did I say that right? Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Okay. So, but I mean, I did start it and I, I already learned a ton even in just the first couple chapters that I did read. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, so just to kind of summarize it for everybody, I mean, there's there's five main things that Nate and, and Taylor are going to talk about today. Um, the first one being the poor and middle class work for their money, the rich have money work for them. Mm-hmm. That's already a lesson I have in that. Oh yeah. In, from that book, um, it's not how much money you make that matters; it's how much money you keep. Mm-hmm. Rich people acquire assets. The poor and middle class acquire liabilities that they think are assets. Financial aptitude is is what you do with money once you make it. How you keep people from taking it from you is how you keep it longer and how you make money work for you versus working for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, the single most powerful asset we all have is our mind. Yep, yep. So t- tons of lessons in this book. I can't wait to finish reading it. But for today, I, I'll let you guys talk about it. I'll come in if I have any no say but absolutely well you summed up we're going to talk about a couple of the things that you mentioned but we're going to go over some general ones just kind of the things that we've taken from the book our opinion from the things that we've learned we've applied in our life that that's made the biggest difference right so if you haven't already you need to go out and buy this book you need to read this book so whatever you're reading you need to stop reading that just read this one and then go back to it so we're going to talk a little bit but the the principle around this book is very simple Um, he's got a contrarian thought which we talked about contrarian in the last uh, the last episode about changing the way you look at things but he's got a contrarian outlook on what you should do to prepare for your professional life so what he's saying is from the time that you graduate from high school or even before and where you plan to end up working the decision that you make at that point at the very beginning of that is what's going to define your life So if you decide that you're gonna follow a path of graduating from high school, going to school, going to get a degree, doing everything normal that you see around everybody else's, uh, that everybody around you is doing, that you're gonna end up having exactly the same thing as them. And there's, there's very little examples of somebody that followed the regular path, the safe path, and ended up being ultra wealthy, right? We're not talking about you've got an affordable mortgage and you can go on a vacation when you're allowed to go on vacation. We're talking about ultimate freedom, financial freedom. We're talking about ability to not just have affordable debt, but have no debt and, and be able to, to, to really learn about what money gives you the ability to have. And really, money is power. And so he talks about that. Um, and so, so we're going to be going over kind of how he thinks. And he thinks if you accept the mindset of, of I'm going to do like, I'm going to do the same thing about that everybody else does around and I'm going to expect a different result, then you're just insane. Um, and one of the first lessons that he teaches, I mean, first lesson is he talks about the difference between a rich dad and poor dad. So we're going to define this. We're going to find how he, how he defines that. You want me to do it here? You want to find interesting part right is, is he's got he's got these two dads and so he goes back and forth and talks about the 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 mindset and and just what these both both of these dads do and it's very interesting because his poor dad the one that he refers to as poor dad um, is actually the one that if you grew up thinking the school was the right move you would think he was actually the rich dad but he's not absolutely not the the poor dad is the one that is highly educated, he went to school, he got a a bachelor's degree, went and got a master's degree, and is actually, I I believe, a professor at at, at a college. And so he went that traditional route of going to school and getting a secure job, Um, but but the, the book refers to him as the poor dad. The rich dad is the one that was not highly educated. He didn't go uh, get a a, a post-secondary education. He ran businesses and he learned how to manage people and he applied all these principles. And then over a period of time, he just became super successful, uh, whereas the poor dad uh, had a a normal life, had had a normal, very average, um, 
middle class, not making any money life. And so he, he, he contrasts the views and, and the, the, the mindset and the opinion and, and the work ethic and everything of, of this rich dad and the poor dad and, and creates a perfect contrast between this is where you're headed if you talk like this, if you do these kinds of things, if you follow this path, that's where you're going, and then the opposite. Hey, if you talk like this rich dad, if you act like this rich dad, if you think like this rich dad, guess what? You're on the path to, to becoming like him. And so we've talked about that principle so many times, but it really is, who do you want to be? What do you want to do with your life? Well, go find somebody that's doing that and then figure out what they did. Don't don't say, hey, I wanna be this person, I wanna be rich, I wanna have horses, I wanna have whatever, and then go do s- stuff that people that don't have horses do or that don't have beach houses or nice cars, right? You gotta listen to the people that actually have what you want, that are the type of people that you want um, and so I, I love this book. There's so many principles, so many principles. Uh, again, I'm going to second this. Go buy this book, uh, but also listen to our podcast because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So the idea is what you need to do, first of all, is just understand that there's going to be two different types of influences in your life. You're going to have the most of the time the people that are telling you to do very standard stuff, exactly the same stuff that they did, that most of the time comes into um, fruition when they talk about college, right? What you do after high school, where you're going to spend your time, and really what they're teaching you is that you need to go study hard, go pay somebody, you go pay somebody to learn something so that you can get what's called a good job. Um, And that would be the poor dad mentality. The rich dad mentality is they'll take a look and he'll say, you need to go study hard to learn about a business that you can buy. So not how you can learn how to be an employee, but you can learn how to be the person that owns the business and then people will work from you or work for you. Now, the problem is if you go to school, the people that are teaching you and then going over that, they're not preparing you to own a business. Uh, most likely, uh, and he talks about this in his other book, he talks about the fact that the teacher that's teaching you about entrepreneurship never has started his own company, right? He's never had his own company. He's he's never had the stress of making a payroll before and thinking about anything besides himself. He he doesn't he he gets a, a normal paycheck. He's got tons of stability. He knows zero about entrepreneurship. He's like the robot that's dictating the rules about how to, you know, as we talked about how to fly the plane, but he's never flown a plane before. He just knows how to how to regurgitate what he read somewhere. So the idea is that you need to find a mentor that's going to say opposite things than most people around you. I guarantee you, because there's less rich people than poor people. There's less people that have made it successfully by doing opposite of what, you know what, the normality is. And so uh, the fact is that if, if somebody is saying everything that, say, your parents that went to school, it's time you go to school, or somebody that's has a middle-class lifestyle and they're telling you what to do, go to school, be the, do the safe route, that's not the rich dad. The rich dad is going, holy crap. Holy crap. If you keep going in here in 10 years, you're going to be the most miserable person you know. And they're like, what? What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I mean, you're, you are actively killing your dream as we speak, right? They're going to, they're going to be able to see exactly that you're not doing what you're supposed to because to be rich, and we've talked about this a million times, there's a formula that you need to do. And one of those is you need to learn about finances, about real finances, not, you know, how to go get dead and how to work at a job that you don't want to. So he talks about this rich dad and this rich dad just changes the mentality about everything, right? Poor dads are saying, be humble. Don't, don't be cocky about your money. Rich dad walks around and goes, I'm a rich man. I am a rich man and I know what you need to do to be rich. That's all that's, they say that all the time. Now, if you're poor and you can't be rich, what's the easiest thing to do? I, I don't even know. I don't even have a Discredit mindset. the rich person, right? So if someone's going around and you don't like the fact that he's rich and he's saying he's rich, easiest thing is to discredit the person, right? So crazy. It's the old adage. If somebody, like if you, if, if you want to convince somebody that the things that they're saying about you is a lie, you discredit the liar, right? That's kind of the idea. So all these poor people are going around and talking bad things about rich people. Oh, they're so prideful. All they care about is money. Oh yeah. Those kinds of things. Yeah, that's, that's a lot to, easier. That's what you have to tell yourself. Now, have you ever seen someone have something that you want? So the rich dad, I mean, they're gonna tell you. They're gonna tell you right off the bat, right? And and, and also is the difference is poor dad will talk to you a lot about the process without any sort of a talk about the future, right? So rich dad's gonna say, what do you want? What do you want? Like, what do you want in life? Let's not just talk about like what we're gonna do tomorrow. What do you want in life? I wanna be rich, I wanna be financially secure, I wanna own my business, I wanna do this. Okay, perfect. 
then you cannot do these nine out of 10 things. And you have to do this one out of 10 things. Poor dad will come up and say, hey, you need to go to school just because people with an education on average make make more than uh, people without an education. That's what they'll say. And it's like, what? I'm like, what did you just say? Like, what did you just say? I mean, how does that make any sense? You, you can't just say that. Like, how is that gonna help me hit my goal? They don't talk to you about their goals, your goals. They don't talk about helping you there. And the reason why they don't bring that up is because they know it's not going to happen. Yeah, because they're sitting there in debt themselves. Oh yeah, and all that they know how to do is to tell you what they did themselves. And they're so scared. They're so scared of anything else than that that they will make sure that their entire offsprings follow the exactly the same path. It doesn't make any sense. So I, I talk to people all the time. Like I, I've mentioned this in the podcast, at least once a week, someone will come up to me and they'll say, I'm going to school. And then I'll go, you know, I'll start asking some questions. What are you going to go to school for? Right? Why are you going to school? Right? What are you looking to accomplish? Tell me about what you want to do with your life. And they look at me like I'm some sort of like the crazy guy on the side of the road that says the world's coming to an end. I'm like, why are you asking me these questions? Don't ask me these questions, right? Because it's the first time they've ever heard it in their entire life. And about four or five questions into that, you start to realize that they're not going to school for any reason. That's just like the person in front of them went and so they're walking in the same direction. So you need to find that rich dad. He's gonna have money. So this guy's not the contrarian thinker that doesn't have money. (laughs) Gotta, gotta have money, right? They gotta have enough money, right? They gotta have a decent life, so. It's easy, it's easy to tell. Yeah, yeah, you'll, trust me. Like, I, I hear this all the time. Number one thing, it's like, oh, well, I'm humble. I'm not gonna drive a nice car. You're not, you're not humble. Yeah. All, the, all the rich people I know have really nice cars, right? Now, if you wanna have a Lamborghini parked in your garage and drive a shitty ass car like around, that's, that's up to you. You got, you got different problems, right? Like something, something's like not firing on there, but you, you have to have it, right? It only counts as you have it. So if they haven't managed to get it for themselves, um, that's not the right one. So find somebody, and then you have to find somebody that's willing to, to tell you the truth. It's hard to tell people the truth. The reason why there's not a lot of rich dads and people don't find these people is because they tell you something different than what you want to hear. What you want to hear is that your bad decisions that you're making are not going to have serious impacts going forward. You know how scary it is? Dude, I talked to these 20 year olds. I said, I said, you're about to shoot your dream. Like you invited me to to watch you put down your dream. Like, let, let me explain to you. When somebody tells me they're about to go, oh yeah, when someone tells me about to go to college, I said, what's happening here? Right, this is like you inviting me over to shoot the family dog. And I'm like, 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 yeah, we're putting them down. I'm like, why are you putting them down? I'm like, we just, we just don't know what to do with them. Like it's the, we, we are moving and we don't have, and you're just going to kill it right in front of me. Right. Now, they don't realize that they invited me for that, but I, I'm the one that's articulating that they've got the gun in their hand. They're about to pull the trigger. Cause I tell them, I said, as soon as you get too far into this education, you're going to have debt. You're going to feel obligated to pursue the degree that you have. You're going to limit where and what you can do. And your pride will build to a certain level. I call it poor pride, where you would be unwilling to do anything different than what you've invested more than what's a normal life savings of somebody to get that you didn't even want. And at the end, you don't realize it until probably about three or four years into your crappy career that you've made a horrible mistake. At that point, it's hard to restart. It's hard. You have to you have to actually sacrifice things. And so, so I've got a personal example of that. So I, I, I got married. I was going to school. I was working a full-time job, going to school at night. And guess what? I got my bachelor's degree. And I was working at the bank. I got my bachelor's degree in, per, in uh, business finance. And guess what happened at work? Do you think they gave me a promotion? No. Because I got my bachelor's degree? No. Do you think they gave me a raise? No. They, they didn't care one bit. And so I remember thinking, What? Hold on, guys, guys, hey, hey, did everyone hear me? Um, I got my bachelor's degree. And everyone said, oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, nobody cared. It, it blew my mind. And so that started me realizing, holy crap, that, that there's this, this, this fake value put on, on going to school and, and getting a bachelor's degree. But as a business owner, I could care less whether somebody has gone to college. Sure. I could care less what their bachelor's degree is in. What I care about is do they have certain set of skills that are gonna help them to be successful? And guess what? Going to school does not give you those sets of skills. It definitely hinders you because mm-hmm. for a period of, of two, three, four years, you're putting really your professional career on hold. These right. 
developing these actual skills um, to learn about science and chemistry and, and whatever else they teach you that really is never going to be applicable um, to your career. I, I have a guy that works for me, and when he started, he was, he was in school. He was going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to be an attorney like me, and so he thought, hey, I'm going to get my undergrad degree in English. And I said, what? <laughs> no, what, what are you going to do with that? Like, literally, that, that, that will do nothing for you. And so we, we talked, and, and he's actually doing some business classes, which he's actually going to learn something possibly applicable but but it was, it was laughable when he came in and told me he was going to take some English classes or he was going to major in English I said oh my gosh you're wasting your money how much are you paying a semester three four five thousand dollars to learn English how much does English play, English pay Nathan it, it it does not pay a lot it, it literally pays zero yeah so um, another thing on that too is while that person's going to school racking up debt all this wasting their time somebody else is out there actually in the field working Absolutely. And so that, that's the thing about college is not only does it cost you $5,000, whatever it is per semester, it, there's the opportunity cost of you not being in the real world. You're not working, learning these skills, learning these these traits that are going to help you be successful. So you're also giving that up and there's a price for that. So not being in the workforce, um, you're, you're giving something up. Right. I, I, I went to law school, right? I, I'm... It was, it, was, it was an expensive process. And, oh, yeah. And it, it, a lot of time. Looking back, I would never recommend anybody go to law school because there, there's a way to get to where you want to be without having to go to law school and yep. pay people. We're not saying, you're not it. saying this off of somebody who's not successful. You're saying this as a, a business owner. Absolutely. I'm a business owner. I own a law firm. I own a bunch of other businesses. I went to law school after I got my bachelor's degree. But guess what? If you're thinking that, hey, getting a law degree or getting some degree is the magic to being wealthy... I can point to you to 95% of the attorneys that graduated with me, they're not wealthy. Mm-hmm. They don't no. have any money. Their life sucks. Yes. I'll be honest. Same thing with doctors. Oh, I'm going to go to medical school because I'm going to be rich. Well, guess what? Doctors are not rich. They've got a lot of debt and they hate their it's jobs. Rare. The ones they hate do, it. it's rare. So it's don't go to school because you think oh, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to make money because somebody told me to go to school because it's a lie. It's not going to happen. There's a stigma. The, the, pro, the problem with this whole entire world, because there's not enough rich dads. There's tons of poor dads. They, there's such a stigma around, uh, and it's totally fake, where they say, you know what, you, this is, you're, a, you're a better person if you have an undergraduate degree, right? You hear these things, you hear these stats, and, and then your parents did, and it's like some sort of an exclusive club. The, you know, the interesting thing is I'm, a, I'm an Eagle Scout, when I was having that, you know, it, you know, it going through and in our church, it was a very normal thing to become an eagle. And then you would be taught about you're going to sit in an eagle nest for the rest of your life. You're going to you're going to do tons. You know, I, I got my eagle when I was like 14. And then I sat in like a couple from 14 to like 18 as an adult. I've never sat in one in my entire life because guess what happened? All of a sudden our church decided, you know, what? oh, we're going to do our own program. We're not going to do that. So did they transfer the rights of the eagle over to the new program? They don't give off. They're like, congratulations on your eagle. This is the new thing. And it's like it, that's that's the entire world. It says you're going to have a certificate. That certificate means nothing. In this day, the world is changing away from what used to be where you have a certificate and you sit down and you work at a job for the next 30 years. It's all about culture and it's all about your ability to have a specific um, um, talent in a field. And that's not an educational talent. That's that's literally, can you code? Can you sell, right? Can you have, do you have a certain level of experience in my exactly the field? Can you plumb, electrical, HVAC? That's where the money is. That's, that's the people that are gonna make the money. And then you talk about, well, there's some people that get a degree and then they go all the way up, right? They're CEOs. Trust me, that's not you. Very small person. That's not you. That that's not you. I, I'm I'm sorry. If you get a master degree in business administration, you are not going to be wealthy. You are not going to be the CEO of the company, right? Now there's some people that are listening to it and say, I'll prove you wrong. Okay, good. I need an example. Please message me and tell me about it in 10 years. That's not going to be you. What's going to happen is that you're going to work at a job that you don't like. You're going to have a shitload of debt. And you're going to, the goal that you're going to have is you're going to want to make a hundred thousand dollars. And I tell people all the time, I said, if I only make $100,000, I need to be on a certain type of watch list, right? Friends need to be with me at all given times. I keep, don't leave me alone, right? Your, your, your lifelong dream 
I, I would never be able to go back to it. It, it just, it, it wouldn't even cross my mind, right? And, and so that's what it is. There's, so there, there's a different way of thinking that is literally applicable. We're about to partner with a couple guys going through that don't have college degrees that you never would have thought would be, you know, the successful business owners that they're going to be, have that, you know, years, you know, years going, uh, years going back to people that were in college, they'd be like, oh yeah, this person's not going to be, I guarantee you that person is going to make, actually, we already know. We already know they're making more money than, than the higher side of like a business administration degree, right? And so it, it's just, they never see this, right? Because they're stuck in their bubble. So find a mentor that has a lot of fucking money and he talks different than everybody around. And that's Rich Daddy. You can be dad, daddy, whatever you want to call him. Just get... Mom. Could could be mom, right? Right, rich mom. Very very well done. Yeah, uh, yeah. We I, we don't know. Yeah, let's rich rich mom, right? I'm like no no, because I grew up with nothing but a perfect example of a poor dad and mom. Oh my gosh. And that's what kind of the the thing that I feel bad is that some of these people have like supportive parents and semi-successful parents, right? And so they're thinking, well, I'm going to be different than my parents. I'm going to have a different life if I follow the exact path. I'll 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 just tweak a few things and I'll be it'll be significantly different. But I knew right off the bat I did not want my parents' life. Their parents I mean when they talk about poor dad, like it my dad was poorer dad, right? I'm like, he, he's not even doing half the things that poor dad was doing in here, right? And and so that's why as soon as I met, like, and I get the information for the rich, I mean, I just latch onto that. I'm like, holy crap, it's not even a secret. You just have in your mind that it's wrong. So you need to retrain your mind. You've already got a poor dad, don't worry about that. Go find a rich dad. So I'm, I'm glad you came back to that because I was going to touch on it, but so um, I think, because I was, I was the same way. We actually came up pretty similar, Nate, where, you know, our parents were poor, you know, and, and I, I never got the answers that I needed when I was looking to, to move on in life and grow up because I, I went to college, wasn't for me. My parents never had answers for me as far as like, hey, what do I do? I just, you know, I had that lost feeling. So when I found, when I went and I, and I first started thinking about approaching somebody who could have been that mentor on trying to find somebody who's that rich dad, I, it's almost uh, you almost get discouraged because you, you think that they don't want to help you think that somebody who is rich or who's successful you just think they don't want to help so you're so you know people are going to be like well I'm not just I'm not going to go up to them I can't find a mentor no one's going to want to mentor me when in reality like even you guys even myself like I would love if somebody came to me and was like hey I, I see what you do I love what you do I like tell me teach me you know, mm-hmm. how, how do I get to where you're at? Absolutely. Whoever that person is, is going to want to share how they got there and, and, and things that you could do to, to get there as well. Absolutely. So if, if you're afraid, you can't be afraid to go up to find a mentor. Oh yeah. And, and so, so one of the things that a rich, uh, excuse me, a poor, a poor dad or poor mom says is, Hey, go get a, go get a college degree and then go get a job that pays you X number of dollars. And then that you follow this step and you go and you're working for money, whether it's a hundred thousand or eighty thousand dollars a year, whatever it is, it's this idea of working for money. But guess what? Rich dad, rich dads, us, we don't work for money. Mm. We work for value. And so there, there's a huge difference between the mindset of working for money and working for value. The people that work for value, I guarantee are a lot happier. The ones that are working for money, it's never enough money. Their job sucks. They hate their life um, because that's all that they're focused on. So what? Let's talk about the idea of working for value versus working for money. What do you guys think about that? I, well, oh, it, it. So value is you get your fulfillment in what you're learning from the situation, right? So it's like an investment. So everybody understands investments. You put money in the stock market. You want it to go up. You're gonna have more money just by osmosis of being in the right place. You don't have to do anything. You just put your money in the right place. Your mind is exactly the same way. If you're putting your mind in a right environment where you're getting a lot of value, and when they mean by value, they mean you're getting a lot of information that's applicable to your life and learning a skill and learning a trade in order to apply that where you're not having to pay somebody for the privilege. You're just putting yourself in the right situation to get that. Um, and that's different than say where people might put that, oh, well, it's education, right? I'm, I'm not getting paid to go to school. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. This is working 
overtime. This is working crazy amount of hours, making no money, and everybody's calling you crazy. But you just know that if you're in this in the place of this rich person, and you're you're gonna give all of your all, and you're gonna listen, and you're gonna apply yourself, that the amount of reward that you're gonna get is infinite, infinitely more than any type of money that they could give you for whatever you're doing for that job at that time. So I, I sat down with anybody that we talked to. We don't talk about, hey, we're gonna pay you oh, yeah. $13 an hour. We, we don't talk about that. We start with that because that's the person that's sitting across from us. That's how they're trained is by the hour. So I need to make this much. And so we, we start with that number. Okay, let's say it's 40 hours a week, this much money uh, per hour times out by 40. And we come up with a number that becomes their weekly number. And we say, hey, we're not here to pay you by the hour. I don't wanna talk to you about how many hours you work. I don't want you to tell me how many hours you work. Um, I I really don't care. What I care about is are you adding value, are you learning, are you growing, and are you helping the company? And so generally what happens is is they end up working more than 40 hours a week. I I had a conversation with with a a guy that started with us uh, recently, he's younger, and, and actually his his uncle told him to read Rich Dad. He's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so it was a much easier conversation. I said, hey, which which life do you want? Do you want the Poor Dad life or do you want the Rich Dad life? And he said, Rich Dad. I said, okay. Well, then that means I'm gonna pay you less money than you're worth, right? Because you're not working for money. What are you working for? You're working for value. So I said, come in. We're, we agreed upon a weekly amount. And then I said, get to work. Go, go work hard, show up early, stay late. Um, because I promise you that the what you're gonna learn, the value that you're gonna get is gonna be worth way more money than that extra $2 an hour that I, that I could be paying you, if that makes sense. Well, and so immediately, the guy starts showing up earlier than his boss. He stays later than his boss. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? As an owner of the company, I see this guy showing up before his boss. I say, oh my gosh. I love this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna find an opportunity for him. I wanna figure out a way for him to stick around. And, and that's inevitable if you're not working for money. If this cat came in and said, oh, well, I put in my 40 hours a week, uh, that time $15 an hour, you owe me $600 a week, um, I, I, I could care less about that person. That person mm-hmm. that wants me to pay them for every minute, I don't wanna pay you. No. Mm-hmm. The people that I'm gonna invest my time and my energy are the ones that just come in, They've got enough money to survive, and then they just work. They want to add value, help the company to grow, sacrifice, do whatever they need to. He's going to have opportunities for the rest of his life if he continues that mindset. Hopefully with us, that's the kind of person I want to partner with. That's the kind of person I want working at all my companies is the one that doesn't matter. And it was funny. He actually said, hey, I can't tell my sister how much I'm making because she'll get mad at me, right? <laughs> yeah, she, she, all she cares about, well, you should be getting paid more money. You should be getting paid more money. It's like, okay, well, um, hey, tell me which life do you want? You want my life or you want your sister's life, right? So she's telling you one thing, I'm telling you something different. You tell me whose life you want. Um, and he said, no, I want the rich dad life. I want the rich rich person's life. Well, one thing, one thing that people f- will find is when you adopt the mindset of adding value versus chasing the money is that the money is going to come after that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like when, when I finally switched over from my nine to five job and I started working, you know, where we were working at the time, it, I, I had the opportunity to see a lot of people who were working for money. And I, I didn't care about that. I came in to grow myself and learn and, and actually add value to, a, you know, cause I, I saw the market. I saw all those people coming in chasing the money. And I saw how that, you know, that part of the market was reacting to it and it wasn't good. It ended in a lot of bad jobs, lawsuits, and unhappy people. And so when I came in, that was my number one goal was to just add value, get there, do do what I was supposed to do, make them happy. And I was getting paid for it. And so, so another thing about working for value, right, is, is going and learning specific skills that are gonna help you be successful in the future. One, non-negotiable. If you wanna be successful, you need to learn how to sell. So go find a job that teaches you how to sell. Actually, we have a podcast episode of it. We do we? We probably do. Yep. Yes, we do. Yes, the, the idea, absolutely we do. Go listen to that podcast and then go find a job that forces you to sell. Learn how to sell because I had a job. I, I remember growing up saying, oh, I don't want to be a salesman. I hate being a salesman. Oh, yeah. I hate the idea of a salesman. Stereotype. Guess what? Everything sells. So Everything. if you don't know how to sell, you're going to you're not going to be successful. And so that's one thing about going and finding a job. It doesn't ha- matter how much you get paid. Go find a job that forces you to learn how to sell. Go get a job that you have the opportunity to be a leader and a manager. Learning those types of skills, doesn't matter what you get paid, the value that you're gonna get from learning those skills will be thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars more in your career if you learn those skills, learn those principles that you need. Yeah, and 
there a lot of people say they work for value so there might be even people that oh i'm underpaid right now where i am so i'm working value no 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 no. you not getting paid what you think you're worth does not define you working for value that means when you're getting up in the morning you could care less what you're getting paid and what you want is just that information right you're getting excited you're learning something new you're you have a fantastic attitude right you're you're actually doing something besides just trying to figure out what your paycheck's going to be um and so so i it's interesting because people say that all the time. It's like, oh, well, no, I care about it. I'm like, no, it's, are you there for the right reason, right? Are you there? You know if you're there for the right reason. Um, and it's hard. It's easier to do when you're younger, right? You have less responsibilities. That's why I tell people the youngest are like, well, man, that's, I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, it's never going to get easier because after that, you're going to start having, you know, what, wives and children and bills and responsibility and your ability to sacrifice and work for just value could eventually eliminate because you have more bills than you're able to not work for it. So the sooner you can do this, the more you can sacrifice, the better. Um, And there's a, you know, it's crazy because people think it's all about the money when um, like people think that say if you were uh, like you were making $120,000 as an employee is the same as making $120,000 as a self-employed person. Couldn't be more incorrect. I, you know what? I worked at a bank for a decade. I knew math. I knew everything. You know what I realized I didn't understand at all? I mean, to, I mean, until the day I filed my first tax return as a self-employed person, no joke. You know what I realized I had no idea about? Taxes. I mean, I was, me and Taylor, I remember when we, remember when we were doing our first year when I had that and I was telling you, I'm like, dude, I have to pay so much taxes, right? Because I did the math on what it would be for a W-2 and I'm like, I'm going to pay in taxes what a normal median salary is for someone with a business administration degree. I'm like, that was going to be my tax bill. And I was telling Taylor, I mean, I was genuinely stressed about it. I'm like, I had paid what a teacher made the year before. Um, but now it's about to pay like, you know what? This is, this is a average medium income of somebody with a bachelor's degree in business administration. So I was super stressed about it. Then I gave all my stuff over to, uh, the accountant and then he comes back with the most magical number I've ever seen in my entire life. Refund? (laughs) Refund. And I said, what? And it turns out, it turns out that there is a different tax code for a self-employed person as opposed to a W-2 person. And guess who they don't tell about the new tax code or this wonderful tax code? The special tax code? Yeah. Guess who they don't tell? The employees. They don't tell the W-2 people. For some reason, nobody came and told me about this magical task code. Now, why didn't anybody tell me about it? Because they don't know. They don't experience it. Well, first of all, they don't even know. But let's say if somebody knew about it. Poor dad definitely doesn't know about it. Why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't my dad tell me? I mean, why didn't anybody tell me that? It's because it doesn't apply to me. Why would they tell me something that doesn't apply to me? But then all of a sudden I start my business and I realize I'm like, you have write-offs, you have this, you have this, you have depreciation. There's a million things. I didn't even make the decision. I gave the information to my accountant. He plugged in the stuff. I said, hey, this is what we bought. This is how we invested the money. This is how we started our businesses, all of this. Um, and, And then he came back with refund. And I'm like, what in the world? Actually, because we want to buy commercial buildings and things like that and they want to see taxable income. So we are literally paying more taxes right now than we need to, specifically just to show income so we can buy these big commercial buildings. But technically, I mean, we have enough write-off for like a decade, right? And everybody talks about, well, Trump didn't make any money and he lost money. No, Trump made a crazy amount of money. What you're talking about is his taxable income. But he's not gonna he's not gonna come out and explain that to you because you have no idea how it works. You think a gross income for a self-employed person is the same as amount as a W-2. No, he made truckloads of money. What you're talking about is that he had a crazy amount of write-off and he had very little taxable income, right? I'm like, that's what you're talking about. So when you become self-employed, if you learn how to make $120,000, that's like a W-2 person that makes $80,000 or maybe maybe even less. Um, I saw doctors all the time that would come in. Actually, the opposite of what you just said, but keep going. Yeah. Keep blah, blah, blah. Yep. Self-employed person is 80000 You have to make 80000 W-2, you have to make 120000 There we go. I've yep. redeemed myself. But when I was at the bank, I would have doctors come in all the time, and I would see what's deposited in their bank account. And even it, I knew it was a lot just because I saw everybody's deposits, so it was more. But even to this day, I'm so surprised how tiny that is. Right? These are doctors that have like a five in what's being deposited twice a month. I'm like, a five? 
five? Five. I'm like, a five? A five I'm in like, the uh, thousand I'm column? I'm like, but that's more than most. People are like, gosh, mine has a, a one. <laughs> right? And I'm like, I'm like, you're talking about five, but I mean, once you get up to the level, I'm like, five's not a lot. But that, that's the thing is that doctor's paying taxes because he's, a, paying off his he's an employee. Oh, yeah. He's a W-2. Absolutely not. And yep. so there's things that you're going to learn. And so the problem is that there's there you can't you'll never truly understand what this rich dad is trying to save you from until you actually do it until you you're one of two things is going to happen you're going to believe and you're going to start doing it and it's going to reinforce what he's told you or you're going to go and you're going to go down the wrong path somewhere five to ten years down the road you're going to realize you're miserable you make no money and all you're trying to do is paying your bills and then you're like okay what am i doing wrong right you throw up your hands that's usually that's the problem with younger people is usually i, I want to ask them i'm like hey is life fair or not fair? I want them to say, not fair. I'm like, okay, good. We don't, we don't have to, ha- we don't have to have that weird like kind of mentality of it. Like, you're gonna actually have to make good decisions here, right? You're gonna have to work hard. You're gonna have to change your mentality. Someone comes and is like, oh yeah, I have a dream. I'm like, sweet, I love talking about dreams. You know what my dream is? For you to pay me a lot of money to do nothing. I said, <laughs> man, that's a pretty good dream. It's so stupid. You know what? I, we I, hear that I, all the that's time. That's a crazy dream. They tell the me time. this. I'm like, what? well, okay, so you want a lot of money. Like, okay, nothing. Define nothing. And I mean nothing. No, no, right? I, I, I sat down to lunch with a kid last week and he said, I want to be a fireman because it, it kind of has the work schedule that I like, you know, work three days and then have four days off. And I said, <laughs> Yikes. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So they have fairy tale land. So now they usually go, they chase like a, like a, a quick, like get rich quick scheme. And then they go through that. That's what I'm talking about. Not like the dream of you can have what you want. Cause I have my dreams. It's not that dream. It's the, it's this weird dream that you don't have to work for your money. Right? So both dads, you have to work for your money. You yeah, have to absolutely. work for your money. It's just about aiming you in the right direction. So do you have something else you want to say? No, go ahead. I was just going to say, so uh, before we get even further off track, um, the one, I definitely know you guys want to talk about, um, the difference between a uh, liability and an asset. Oh yeah, man. That's, that's like, that's like second degree. Second degree. You want it? Yeah. That's like second level. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That's something he talks about in, in rich dad, poor dad. And so it comes back to this idea of it doesn't matter how much money you make. So whether you make $50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is how much you keep. So people get confused all the time. And, and, and we've, we've got this famous quote that if you get money at the wrong time, if you're not financially educated and financially intelligent, if you get money, rich people are going to take it from you. Absolutely. So here's a perfect example. Who knows or has heard about all the lottery winners? Everybody that wins a lottery, they're poor dads, they're poor people, they have a poor mindset. And then what happens to that lottery money? Bankrupt. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Past in a matter zero. of months. Past zero. years. And past so you zero. think, how the heck did that happen? If that were me, I would never win the lottery and then go bankrupt. Well, guess what? You definitely will. You definitely will. And and it's because it has nothing to do with how much money you get. Whether you get a million dollars from the lottery or you get fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, this principle from, from Rich Dad Poor Dad and something that we've noticed incredibly mm-hmm. in our life, in our own life and everyone else around us is it literally doesn't matter how much money you make, how much you keep. So there's people that make money and they spend all of it and they spend more on credit cards. Mm-hmm. They have to get this, they have to do that. Guess what? If they make twice as much money as they're making, they think, oh, I just need to make more money and then I'll have money to save or be able to put aside. But guess what they happens every time? They spend it. You make twice as much money and you still have no assets. You don't have no debt. And so this is this misconception out there of what an asset is and what a liability is. And so people think, oh, well, I've got this asset that's a a new boat. I made more money this year, so I'm going to go buy a new boat because I can afford an extra $1,000 payment. Or I can go buy this razor or I can go buy this. And so poor people think that that's an asset. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad clearly helps you understand Absolutely not. That's not an asset. That's a liability because every single month you have to make that money to make that payment and you've got nothing in the bank. You're either paying it all to the guy who made the boat or you're paying it all to the bank. Absolutely. Every so, so the rich people that make boats and make razors and, and all these fun toys, uh, they're going to take your money from you if you're not a smart educated person when it comes to, to finances. Well, people talk about it. The, this is the this is the number one example. So they talk about, hey, I own a home that I live in. This is my number one asset. No. 
That's your number one liability. That is that you have to make that payment no matter what, or you're gonna be on the street, right? I'm like, that's what it is. It only counts as an asset if it's paying you money to have it. That's the kind of idea. So that's where that's where it goes to the second level. As soon as you get the mentality, you learn how to do it, you start making money, then you start learning how to make money with your money, right? So the idea is first you need to get completely out of debt, right? That's the first thing that all rich people are gonna have. It's like, hey, you gotta get all of your liabilities off. Um, now, when I say debt, that means personal debt. Then you, what you start to get is business debt. So business debt is different because when I buy something and I say if I need to finance something for the business, I'm buying that for a purpose to generate income. So if I buy a van to put one of my workers in, he's going to do a job, that customer is gonna pay me to do the job, that customer that pays me to do that job is gonna make that van payment and I get to keep the extra on top of his salary and materials, that's it. That's how it works. So if you own a home and it's generating income that you get to put in your pocket more than what it costs you, so you even have a loan on it, but you don't live in it, someone else lives in it, you rent it out and they're paying you more than what you pay for that um, mortgage as well as the upkeep on that, that is an asset. If you live in a house with equity, that is a liability. Prove, prove me wrong. You know what I tell everybody? I say, is that an asset or a liability? They, they say 100% of the time, what? It's an asset. Okay, then I say sell it. And you know what, have you ever seen someone's face when I tell them to sell the house they live in? Sell it. You know what they do? <laughs> How dare you? Dude, it, it's, it, it, it's what? <laughs> no, this is good debt. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's poor debt. There, there's no such thing as good debt. Does it pay you more money than what you pay on your mortgage? Well, no, I have to put my family somewhere and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You haven't deserved the right to live in that house yet. You need to have you need to have zero mortgage on that house. So how much do you have? I have zero money. Okay, then you you can't have the house, right? You need to sell that. You need to take that money and you need to learn how to start making that an income generating experience. So me, I don't do real estate. Um, he talks a lot about real estate in the book. I do businesses. So mine's business, business, business. Every dime that I have in equity or in a house or anywhere else besides working on the business is dead money. Like that money needs to be working for me. It is so disgusting how little you have to invest into a company if you're doing it in a company in the right place that could pay you as much as a job and it could cost you a tiny fraction of the equity you have in your house. If I sat down and I actually told people like what we get in residual income from the businesses that we have that we don't have to do anything, already have been paid back all the money and now we get it for a lifetime, they would not believe us, Taylor. They wouldn't believe us. I, from a tiny company, I get what is somebody's normal monthly bills from a tiny little company. I don't have to do shit on and it's already paid me back. Like it's disgusting as soon as you have that. but. Me showing you that, like that's the fake way to do it, right? I'm like, you're just gonna do it just because now you're doing it for the wrong reasons. For the and money, it's not, I'm doing yeah, it for the money. So I'm not gonna show you that. I'm gonna tell you work for value and when you get past that point, I'm gonna start to show you all these little things, right? And so if you have something that you're living in or using that's not generating more money than you have it, you have a liability, right? So the first goal that I always tell people is I'm like out of debt. You know what people tell to me all the time? That's impossible. Impossible. I say, really, right? Is that impossible? I have zero debt. Zero debt. You pull up my credit report, zero. I mean, zero debt. I have tons of money in the bank account. I have these thriving businesses, tons of partners. Um, I, I, I literally worry about zero when it comes to debt. <coughs> all of my money is used. All of the liabilities that I'm going to apparently have are those are going to be assets because everything I buy has a purpose to return money, right? So that's the next level. So the first thing I would have before you get there, because that's hard, a normal person is not going to be able to, it's going to hard to go out there, buy rental property things. That's usually the easiest. You can get a bank to loan you money and then you have that and so you live in your house and you try to do it. So that's what he talked about. That's easier than the business side. But what I always tell people I'm like out of debt. Dude, people are so scared to tell me about personal debt that they have that they literally when they go to buy something they know they're not supposed to have, they the first thing they say is is what? Never mind. No, they they tell them buy it anyways. Well, they buy it, but what do they tell the people when the people discover their purchase? You got me. I, I know I know the answer, but Don't don't tell Nathan. 
Oh, don't tell Nathan. <laughs> yeah, and this is actually this actually happened pretty recently. Don't don't tell Nathan. <laughs> That, that, that if you that's like the that's like the main quote around like if somebody is somebody is spending money that they shouldn't have the first they know thing they, they shouldn't do, be spending. they know mm-hmm. yep. uh, if you've been around me for long enough oh uh, i focus a lot on your dti right let's get your credit score up let's get all that stuff let's put you in a financial let's get that debt down let's reduce those liabilities on there let's keep more of our money i put you on a very distinct plan if you partner with me and you're really doing what i tell you to do i will get your credit score up i will reduce your debt guaranteed Guaranteed. And it's funny because as soon as we reduce their debt and their credit score comes up, they've had bad credit scores. Nobody want to lend them money. What is the first thing you do? Go get they financing. can go and buy something, <laughs> like, right? Oh, no. like, oh my gosh, I can, I can afford it. I'm like, no, you can't. Oh gosh. I'm like, that's... I'm like, you're doing opposite of what you told him. And so that's what, it, that's what people say. I'm like, you need to start by trying to get out of debt. And if, and if it seems overwhelming, then just start with one thing. You need to get that down to zero Mm -hmm. then once you're at the zero and you're like what now nathan message me on fucking instagram right now you got tons of money that used to put swords in let's go find an asset for you let's teach you how to make this money that you used to pay to a bank that for things you don't even want i'll teach you how to turn that into a lifetime residual income that will bring you more freedom and satisfaction than you've ever had but i can't do that if you don't know the difference between an asset and a liability. So let's try this one more time. Is the house that you live in that you have tons of equity in, is that an asset or liability? Liability. It's a freaking liability. Unless it's income generating. Unless that's, unless you have somebody renting it out. If somebody's renting a house that you live in, it's paying you more money than your mortgage, then congratulations, you genius. First apartment that I did that. Okay, well, you should that should have you should have stayed in that apartment, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, I don't know, like we're trying to convince the you, right? Thing about getting married, but but that's that's I was unable to say that. that. That's the idea, right? We're here if you want to be wealthy, it, it's it's focusing on assets, not liabilities. What poor people do, what poor mindset people do, is they buy liabilities with their income that they're making from their yep. job. So that yep. forces you, if, if, if I'm working at a job and I make $80,000 a year and I go buy a boat and I have a monthly payment on it, that means I always have to work at that job to pay for that liability. Mm-hmm. The fun thing, the, the thing that rich people do is they work at a job, whether it's their own business or they work for somebody else, they work somewhere, they make money and they use that money to buy an asset. Something that's then gonna pay them more money, uh, like a rental property or a business, and then guess what you do with the money you get from that asset? That's when you go buy a boat, Mm -hmm. because that asset's gonna pay for the boat. Guess what? You have to do zero work for that money to come in from that asset, and then you can pay for your boat. That's what rich people do. That's the fun part, is buying assets, and then those assets pay for your luxuries, the fun things that you wanna do, the vacations. I, I've got it set up where we've got all these different companies that pay us money, and so I've got this company that's my uh, Hawaii vacation company, right? So when that money comes in, that's for my Hawaii vacation, right? I've got this what? money coming in uh, from this business. Which company is that? No, I can't tell you, I can't tell you. Uh, <laughs> but that's the idea, is I'm going to Hawaii on these companies that are paying me um, for, for work that I don't have to do. And so that's, I brought this idea of these doctors that are depressed, they hate their life. It's because they're only getting paid when they're working, when their hands mm-hmm. are doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what a poor person does. A rich person is able to get paid and not have to be the one working, not to have to be the one that's clocking in, that's showing up. And so that's this whole idea behind Rich Dad Poor Dad is understanding that that you can't work for money. You have to work for value and then you you start creating these assets that pay you when you're not there. When you're sleeping, the money's coming in. We've got a partner in, in, in one of his businesses, uh, they wake up on, on Sunday morning or on Saturday morning and they're like, oh yeah, I made another couple thousand dollars because they're literally not doing anything uh, with that business. They, they, they understand self-generating. self-generating, right? Figuring out a way to make money without having to be there. That's the, the whole idea of what we're trying to do and that's that's what's the American dream. That's the American dream. And it's, well, most it's so people think what we're saying is some sort of a la la land. And for you, 
prior to this point, if you're thinking about that, then it probably is. It's a fake land, right? You're not allowed into this rich people's house. You're not allowed in their presence. Rich people traditionally have done a very good job at segregating themselves from the poor people. They have first class. They have special properties. They have special, you know, at, you know, at business functions that they go to. You're just not allowed to go there, right? And so the, the idea of it is if it seems unimaginable or if you don't think that can apply to you, um, you just haven't met your rich dad yet. I, we're just going to suggest you. We, we, we've told you some of the great stuff. We told you that you're gonna. it's going to retrain your mind. You're going to learn how to make your money work for you. You're going to learn how to, to work for the right thing and work for value. You're eventually going to learn how to, from just a residual income, be able to pay what person's normal bills. Like when I come into town, so I, I – so I, ours works. It's not like I have a W-2 direct deposit in my thing. So I don't find out how much I made like until I come back into town and then Taylor hands me a check, right? It's like, we put it all in there and I'm like, and, and so Taylor, Taylor will tell me how much I made. I have no idea. I Gun to my head, I don't know how much I, I have, right? I'm sure before I leave, you haven't handed me a check. I assume these businesses are making money, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So he usually, he usually hands me, a, yeah, he hasn't handed me yet. I'm like, hey, I'm leaving on Thursday, right? But but because the only reason is because he called me up. He's like, hey, man, it's like, I've got a lot on my plate. I don't want to go to the bank and deposit your check, right? I'm like, fine, I'll come into town here in a week and I'll get the check, right? Like, that's, that's literally the reason, right? So this is kind of a newer thing. Yeah, yeah he, said, he said he didn't want to go to no, the bank. No, I said the, the, tel- the, the only thing that was open at the bank was the ATM, and I don't yeah. have your debit card. Yeah. So there's there no is, teller there involved. Like, There's hey, COVID, man, all this stuff. Yes, I said, I'm hey, like, hey, I'm like, hey, dude, I could care less. Can you about can you make it a couple weeks it. without some money? Right. And so, but it's just crazy. So, I, and I find that I find out when I when I get that when I come back into town, right? Because we we the once our money is working for us, it's you lose track of it, right? You have plenty of it. You don't have to worry about. it. You can pay all your bills. Now you can work work for the right reason. So, what we would suggest: find the right person, find your rich dad, change your mentality. If you're on the wrong path right now. Every day you're on the wrong path, it's going to get harder to turn around. This is this it's designed to trap you, right? So if if you woke up this morning and you knew best case scenario for you, like you could define the next 30 years of your life, you're in the wrong place. You killed your dream somewhere along the line. Rich dad wasn't there to pull the gun out of out of your hands, and you need to make a new dream, right? You need to make sure that you sit down and write down where you want to be, right? What do you want to be? Like me, I want to own a couple houses. I want one in this country, another one in another country, right? Now I'm I want one in Michigan too. I'm like, I like to live on the beach. I like to be able to travel like that. And, um, and then I want my freedom. I have a passion that I want to pursue once I'm done, um, with just the businesses wise. And that's why we start our nonprofit, which we're going to be talking about here, actually probably the next podcast, which she's going to come and tell us about it. But I want that to be a part of my life. I'm, I'm passionate about that. Um, and, and and that's not going to happen. Like you're not going to be able to have any of that. If what you're doing, the, 99.99% 99.99% of the path that you're on, if every if if you're working around, say if you had 10 colleagues that do exactly what you want, and some have been there for 20 years longer than you, and they don't have what your dream is. <laughs> we have a guy, we have a guy that we have a partner with, and he said he quit his job when he when he found out what his boss made. <laughs> right? Because that was the dream killer, right? That's he all said, he needed. What? He just quit. Right? Uh, He's just like uh, this is my two weeks notice. Yeah, I'm you done. Just, you just have it, right? So start with your dream. Make sure it makes sense, right? Make sure you're doing something. Restart. It doesn't matter where you are. Restart. Make sure you can do with your dream. And then remember. The system is designed to reward the rich people with self-employed and with the thinking that comes along with that as well as once you get money, you turn that money and the money ends up making money for you, not what you do with your physical hands. And so we, we spent some time last time talking about taking that 30 minutes a day to invest in yourself. Spend some time learning. Uh, this is a quote from Rich Dad Poor Dad. It says, the single most powerful asset we all have is our mind. If it is trained well, it can create enormous wealth in what seems to be an instant. So guys, girls, everybody listening out there, focus on assets. The greatest single asset you have is your mind. Invest in your mind, learning how to be financially intelligent, financially literate, and then learning these other skills that are gonna help you be successful. Not working for money, you're working for value. You're working to train your mind to create that asset that's gonna generate money for you in the future. I promise you, we see it all the time. If you're willing to invest a small period of time in your mind, it's gonna pay dividends 10, 20, 30 times uh, what you put into it in the future. So invest in your mind and assets.
So those, so that, those are all great points. I think it's something good to end on because we're actually running out of time. But the last thing I, I want to say um, is one of the biggest things that I have to take away from the book is that because not everybody has the perfect rich dad, poor dad in their life. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that the author of the book, I forget his name, um, is, is trying to take away and give away to the readers is that he had to learn the lesson for everybody else. And that's why he wrote the book is because you don't have to have that perfect rich dad, poor dad, but it's about taking that lesson from it. Absolutely. If you don't have that rich dad in your life, go buy the book yeah. and read the book. Yeah. And then message us um, on social media and we'll, we'll, we'll be the step rich dad for you. We'll help yeah. you out. It, it's, it's not rocket science. It's these principles that are out there. It's in the book. It's a little scary to, to do it and, and, and apply these principles that we're talking about. But we promise you, you'll be happier. Your life will be better. Oh, yeah. And hey, guess what? You'll actually make more money. So do it. Go get the book. The best $10, $20 that you'll ever spend is buying this book and applying the principles to your life. Absolutely. I guess it. We're good times. Best of luck. Thank Let you, good luck.